0: Welcome back to another episode of the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Mudgear Hannibal Race Pro, Evan Preparis. I've got a guest with me on the line. Before we get to him, though, quick word from this episode's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by OCR Buddy. If you haven't downloaded the OCR Buddy app, stop, pause this podcast right now and download the app. The app is how I find all my races. And, you know, while the bigger brands like Tough Mudder, Spartan, you can basically look at their calendar and, and figure out when the races are. But a lot of the smaller brands... They are harder to find. So download the OCR Buddy app. You can essentially put in your location and do a search radius or, you know, for a specific weekend, if you're going to be out of town visiting some friends or family, uh, you can search for just that weekend. And that's basically how I find all my races, um, especially the smaller ones. So check that out, OCR Buddy. And they also have some discount codes on there too. So And I think they also have hotel reservations and stuff like that on there too. So it's like a one-stop shop for all things OCR travel and race-related. All right, let's get to today's guest. Joining me, I have Ryan Hart. Ryan, say hi. How you doing? Good. Good to have you on. So Ryan, yeah, man, he,
1: great. Go,
0: yeah, <laughs> Ryan's the owner of Heart Heart Fitness. I'm gonna talk a little bit about his bio real quick, and then, but I want to let him do most of the talking. Um, so he essentially owns an OCR gym and his uh, headlines an OCR team called the Flatliners. Uh, if you race in the Midwest, you've probably seen them at a ton of events. Cause I feel like every race I go to, there's at least one of your guys there, uh, racing, representing. So we're going to talk about, you know, owning a gym, having a team and Midwest OCR and kind of the state of it. And, uh, we'll go from there. So yeah, Ryan, welcome. Sounds
1: like a plan. Awesome. Evan, man. Thanks for having me on, man. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's been quite the ride. I mean, it's, you know, I think we got, uh, we got into OCR, or I got into it probably back in you know it's it's very earliest days. I mean, I guess it's probably still pretty you know pretty young by most standards. But you know the days of uh, I think the first race I ran was Spartan uh, in Marseilles, Illinois. So you know the the quote unquote Chicago Spartan. Um, you know yeah, the, back the, in.
0: Is that the old dirt runner course?
1: That's the old dirt runner course, which yeah. is the funny thing the first time I ran it, I didn't know about dirt runner. And I, and the first time we ran it, like all the obstacles we did were essentially like, there was a few Spartan ones there, but it was pretty much all dirt runner stuff, which I didn't realize until the next year I ran it. The next year I ran it, I were running through. And that's by the time like Spartan got the Reebok sponsorship and stuff. And I'm running through and I'm like, how come we're not using like that thing and that thing and that thing. And I'm like, oh wait and I'll be like, no this is a permanent course here i didn't even know at that time mm-hmm. um and then i realized that, like oh wait i met tk and stuff and realized that there's actually this place down there that has a permanent course and then i started running those races then too but um but yeah that was probably like 2011 or something i mean i think that was spartan's like first ever race out in maybe second race out here in uh in illinois that's, that's actually pretty um, and,
0: cool that they used a lot of the permanent uh, obstacles on the venue because one dirt run has some had some really good
1: uh, oh my permanent God.
0: obstacles like the big Buccaneer swing and like the telephone pole sticking out of the side of the hill. But right, the,
1: they didn't. They used that. They didn't use the the Buccaneer swing. Um, the sternum checkers were in there, um, which were always you know. I mean, the higher those things got, the tougher they got. Yeah. Um, but um, the rope climb was essentially just a a rope attached to a so is you know vertical ropes attached to a horizontal rope so as you tried to climb the thing and this is back when almost no one knew how to climb a rope right like nowadays that's pretty you know everybody's been doing it long enough it's like that's pretty basic but back then it was like oh man a rope climb haven't seen this since like gym class and as you climb yeah. the thing it was sagging down it kept dropping you into the water because it was hanging from an unsolid object you're like hey, this is brutal yeah, it was it was crazy. I think it was like November first or something. I mean it was cold and, and nasty and um but but yeah, it was mostly it was mostly dirt runner stuff. I mean it was it was those sternum checkers, it was uh, the the all the balance stuff they had out there. Um, I mean there was the carries and stuff like that with Spartan, but there was a ton of stuff that I didn't realize was specifically dirt runner stuff until I started running dirt runner's races.
0: Yeah, I I wish the uh, big brands would do that more like utilize some of the obstacles on some of the venues, right? So when Tough Mudder uh, started using the Battlegrounds venue, I was like, "Oh, cool, maybe they'll do like a more of like a hybrid so like there's a unique Battlegrounds experience to the Tough Mudder Missouri event." And they didn't they didn't use any of the obstacles. They're just like, "All right, we're just going to ignore this stuff just for um to make sure their brand was consistent across the country." Which right. I get I get as like a big company, but at the same time like if you've got something unique there, like, why would you not yep. use it? And then maybe uh, and that, you'll get some people who are willing to travel. Like, oh, this is a a hybrid battlegrounds tough mutter event, so you're going to get a little bit of the different flavor.
1: Well, something specific to that spot, yeah. right?
0: And that that's totally
1: cool. I mean, again, it is, and everything is kind of now. I mean, I don't want to say. I mean, to some extent, some of it can kind of be a bit cookie cutter with the bigger brands, where you know so much of what you're going to get. Yeah, it's almost. I mean, back then, like we knew, like we didn't know what was going on. Like there was no map, there was no anything. <laughs> so I mean, and wherever you did go, it could be specific to that venue because it was. Yeah, they were just using kind of what they had. And I mean, I, that first couple Spartan races, we didn't know what we were getting into. How many miles was you know, that was back in the day when they would put the mile three sign out there. And like, you're looking at your watch, like this is mile five and a half, man. Like this is not mile <laughs> three, you know, I and mean, they would just mess with me like that. And now it's like, you know, I mean, it's, it's much more of a sport now. So they don't, they don't go that route as much anymore, but yeah, it was fun. It, it was fun. So we kind of got into, you know, I mean, it, it was, I mean, of course, Warrior Dash was my first one, right. And then got introduced into the Spartan race. And then like, that's when I realized like, this is something that can be serious. Like this is serious. Like this isn't just running around like the, the mud run thing. Like I really identified with the whole thing that like, especially back then, like Joe DeSena was trying to put out there with, you know um, the, the building better humans thing. And then, you know, I'm, I, you know, yeah, I was a personal trainer working in the fitness industry since like 2000, 2003. And, you know, there's this opportunity now that comes up to be a Spartan SGX coach which I kind of really thought was going to kind of take things to the next level. I'm like, well, I'm going to get certified in that. I think I was one of the, you know, uh, second or third graduating classes uh, in that one. And uh, surprisingly a hard test. I mean, we we had just a weekend of we had to show up on site and and go through um, all of the, uh, you know, the protocol and stuff. And, and, you know, they put us through the ringer with workouts and stuff. And, of course, the you know, the infamous like 30 – or the the five minute burpee test and all that stuff, which I'm not even sure they do anymore. Um, I'm not even
0: familiar with but, that. Ex-
1: explain that for our listeners. So back when Spartan SGX first came out, I, I th- 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 infamously it was created by Jodisen and a few other the the kind of founding you know fathers you know of Spartan you know back in the day, and, and I guess their original plan was so hard that nobody passed it. So they said, OK, if we're going to get this out, to, and it sounds like Spartan, right? So it's like, OK, so if we're going to get this out to the public. We, we have to actually we want to make sure we actually have coaches. So we have to actually, you know, um, make this somewhat accessible. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think the first one was they had people out and, you know, the, out in Vermont on Joe's farm, whatever, and doing some type of stuff, which he probably designed for them not to be able to finish. Right. It's like that that would seem kind of what he would do. By the time it got to to us, it was still hard. I mean, it, it. I think they do a lot of online stuff now, but back then you had to show up. That we were, um, we had, we met at a, at a in a basement of an Atletico that was probably um, just outside of O'Hare Airport. You know, so you know, I'm out here in in, in Chicago, so it's just outside of O'Hare Airport. You got this basement of this Atletico. I mean, I mean, just like, you know, I mean, it, I mean, not even it it was totally spartan right it's like it it's you're down there it's like there's like a leaking ceiling and stuff whatever and it's like okay we're going to get certified cool but it felt like this is how it kind of should be right you wouldn't want this to be like some kind of corporate office or something and uh we got to go upstairs to the gym and do some, some of the workout uh, it was a, i think maybe 16 15 no no more than 15 10 to 15 people something like that in there is is what we had um and everybody had already done Spartan races, some people had already done ultras, some people had just kind of got into it um, you know, but but a very awesome group of people in there that were very invested in kind of bringing this thing to the masses and um, you know, and, and I was kind of, I was working out of a small little personal training studio at that time, just starting up my own business um, and I really thought that this could be something that could kind of take it to the next level, something unique, you know, I worked in a very competitive area where you've got You know, I mean, just tons of big box gyms and CrossFit gyms and mom and pop just little, you know, studios and weight loss places, stuff like that. And like, well, OCR was just taken off at that point. I'm like, this has got to be something that I think we can really find a niche into. If I can, if I can find a place that, you know, can kind of support this a little bit, you know, funds are low, not a lot of money, but figure this is pretty bare bones anyway. So like, you know. Um, and the class was was great. I mean they they ended up, I think it was maybe five hundred dollars something like that, I think to get certified in, in the beginning there. Um, could have been maybe a little more than that, but the two days of a class, Saturday and a Sunday, um, a lot of more informative as far as just nutrition and um, just you know race preparation and things of tons of mobility stuff in there. I mean I think for the first, workout i think we spent like 45 minutes just crawling around the ground doing bear crawls ape crawls spider-man crawls all these different animal movements that you know you're thinking the next day you walk you wake up you're like oh my god man i am sore as can be i didn't lift a weight and and you know you're as sore as can be so you're really seeing kind of what they're trying to you know the type of fitness they're trying to put out there more just kind of you know what they called it you know human right just like you know movements that people not so two-dimensional bicep curls things like that stuff that most people do to the gyms like they really are were giving people like when they would say you know ripping them off the couch that's kind of what they were you know were they were really about so it was cool and it really seemed like it was something you could bring to everybody um at every level um so workouts were hard um You know, and then when it came time to take the test, you got three chances to take this or to to pass this test. And you're thinking, well, it's just the weekend class, right? Right. I mean, I got certified um, through a a National Personal Training Institute, which um, back in this day was a pretty tough certification to get. I mean, that was a six-month certification. We had to show up on site four days a week. It was four hours a night to do that thing. Um, You know, it was two hours of practical, two hours of book time. And then that test was a, was a hard test to pass. You're thinking, this test is going to be nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Man, this is one of the hardest tests I'd ever taken. I actually didn't pass the first time, and I wasn't the only one. Most of the other guys in the class were like, oh, my God, man, I couldn't believe how hard that test was. It took me two times to pass it. It was very, very difficult. Um, so that was encouraging, though, right? That seemed like, I mean, they're really taking this seriously. Um, so, Yeah. I mean, it, it got to a point where, um, you know, you get you, you know, you pass the class, you get certified. And, and um, I ended up finding a place that was about five miles down the road from the current place I was at, kind of an unincorporated area. Uh, not huge, but definitely something I knew I could start with. It had the high ceilings for the rope climbs, you know, a warehouse type thing. Um, and it was an unincorporated area, so I didn't have to worry about any kind of uh, zoning issues, stuff like that, which I knew, like, for what I had in mind, for what I wanted to do, um, I, I we were going to have low visibility because we weren't going to be, like, in a shopping center. Mm. But we were going to be able to do things that I would never be able to do if I was out, even in a place where even a lot of CrossFit gyms were at. Like, you know, I mean, this place was really kind of – it's kind of wild, wild west back there. I mean, it, it, people just kind of do what they do, and nobody asks any questions. So it's like, you know, it, it's kind of one of those ask for uh, forgiveness, not, not permission, permission things. Yeah. And I've never had to ask for forgiveness because nobody cares. So we've, we've been able – you know, um, it was a good place to, to pick.
0: Yeah. So you, you decided to set up this gym and give me some of like the, you know, maybe unexpected challenges you encountered or some of the things that um, some of the things you thought you did well setting, setting things up.
1: So, you know, initially we, we come out, you don't really know. There's nothing to go off of. Right. I mean, it's SGX, you know, provides a a, a training program. And the first, they, got, they have a 12-week program is, is kind of what it is. It's broken into three different sections, uh, three different phases. Um, and only in the last phase are you supposed to really start hitting any obstacles. Now, this may have changed, you know, since then. I haven't really utilized that for a long time. But in the in initial stages here, it was kind of the first, the first four weeks was kind of a mobility, things like that. Again, they're assuming you're just taking people off the couch here. Um, next few weeks you're ramping things up a little bit more strength training, conditioning, things like that. And only on the last four weeks of the program would you start hitting obstacles. And we worked that program for, you know, I I did that for maybe the first two sessions of it, you know, maybe I did two 12 week sessions of it. And we always put it out like with directly before like if it was a midwest race coming up you know a chicago race we would kind of you know put it out perfectly 12 weeks before so we'd schedule it out like that but what we found really quick was that's number one that's not the way that people do it in, in a sport that almost no one knows about still as much as like it became you know so commonplace for us to be doing this you realize that the most of the world i mean even the ups drivers and people that i would have come into the place they'd come in and they look around like oh cool crossfit or they'd come in and (laughs) they say oh cool ninja warrior and you're like oh man wrong above the couch and if you asked them if they knew which spartan race was or tough mudder they had no idea maybe they heard somebody who ran one of those things but they always associated the mud run thing to it right so it's like how are we going to get this for people going to take it more seriously right and we knew we had kind of the spartan you know uh, branding and stuff a little bit they're always very particular about how you use their branding which i've always found interesting because it's like hey man we're promoting you guys so that more people know who you are so that more people come to your race and they come through us to go to your race um and it's always odd working with them because they they seem to not always want you to so much promote it's gotten different since you know deca and stuff like that has started which they're much more lenient with but in the days of just spartan race it was very weird it was almost like okay, so we want to, you want us to train people for your race, but we can't put our your logo on our obstacles, so what exactly then you know how are people gonna associate that logo with something that they want to start doing? It was weird, but
0: mm.
1: we uh you know we we that was that was always kind of challenging in in the beginning i mean it it's um but we realized that like we had to start developing our own type of thing like I realized like there's really no way that this particular program people want to hit obstacles if they're going to come to a gym they want to do like they're they're going to leave their crossfit gym or leave their whatever or or add their you know our gym to their repertoire because you're offering something different than they can do at their gym and and a lot of this stuff even the hybrid fitness thing that's kind of become popular today is kind of stuff we were already doing because that's kind of why ocr is already like a lot of the ocr athletes are very you know into that is because that's kind of something that was already associated with OCR beforehand, even going into Spartan Stadium races and stuff like that. I mean, that's, you know, you're, you're throwing, um, you know, CrossFit-type workouts in there, nothing, again, like, you know, too skill-based, muscle-up, stuff like that, but you're throwing the assault bike in there. You're throwing, you know, uh, Ram Burpees in there. You're, you're throwing, you know, things in there, slam balls, stuff like that, that kind of bridges the gap between the two. So we started kind of creating workouts on that thing. Um, and, and as time went on, we, we developed these simulations that um, really started to become pretty popular in the area. Um, and in fact, sometimes people would come in and do these simulations and say, oh, that was way harder. You know, I'm getting ready for a Spartan race. And I went to do the Spartan race and realized, holy crap, that was actually easier than what you guys had us doing. <laughs> You know, at the gym, which was always good because people always went there and thought, "Hey, this is way, this is you know, really prepared me for you know what I was getting into." Um, you know, but it was always it, it's it's a it, it can be an arms race, right? Spartan gets a new obstacle, right? Back then they get Twister, and it's like, well, you got to get one of those. Well, who makes any of those, right? And this is before you know. Nowadays we got such a close relationship with like race ready obstacles and people like that 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 make these things, but back then. You couldn't find this stuff. It's like right. a twister. I mean, you didn't even know where to get it welded at. So you you'd find we had a, a uh um a longtime athlete of ours named vet who um found somebody um to weld us our first twister. It was not the right, you know, uh, um The specs on it weren't. The handles were a little bit too big and stuff like that. But it worked. It was great. And it was like, okay, we got one. And it was amazing how that in itself would just draw people to the gym because people were like, well, I have one attempt on this obstacle at a race. If I don't get it, i got to do 30 burpees. I have to see this thing before the race. And you would get people coming to the gym. Sometimes, you know, you you would know that they were – you would get those that were interested in doing classes. And then you would get those that you like, you're just here to use a twister, aren't you? You know, and, 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 and stuff like that. So, um, but it would build. And, and, and it was, um, you know, it got to a point where we actually got, um, you know, OCR was growing pretty well. And we were pretty well known for what kind of what we were doing. And we actually ended up another space um, in the units that our uh, landlord owned, uh, opened up. And it wasn't right next to us. It was actually a couple driveways down. But we thought, well, you know what? Three quarters of our workouts are outside anyway. I mean, in our simulations, we're having people run three to six miles, you know, depending on what it was. So there really wasn't a big deal if we had people running from gym to gym and if we could build some more obstacles. Oh, it was awesome. Um, (laughs) That's so funny.
0: I love it. I love it. It's like broken into two different areas. That's awesome. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, down the street, on the driveways, between the two gyms, in the yard. I mean, whatever we could use. I, again, what I said, if we, if we were doing this anywhere but what we were, where we were doing it at, it would not have worked. People would have been like, hey, you can't do this. But uh, no, we, we had no issues. Our neighbors were, you know, if not, if anything, they were entertained by it, um, you know, seeing what the heck are these people doing. Uh, running down the street with rec bags and stuff like that whatever and we were able to really develop it where we had we got monitors inside of all the gyms where we'd send the workouts up where it would show almost an entire race course on there and people could see one after the other what the next thing was coming in the event that a coach wasn't in there because a lot of times you know coach it would be just me running back and forth between the two places and trying to motivate people trying to help people on stuff and getting back back over here and you know, I mean, it's, uh, it was nothing if not a passion project for sure. Um, But, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it worked. It was, there, there was always a way to, you know, there was always challenges, obviously, but it was, it, it started off like, you know, I mean, we thought it was kind of, if, if you build it, they will come scenario.
0: Gotcha. Now take me forward to the kind of development of your team, the Flatliners, who, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I tend to see it, basically, if you head up to the Chicago area, you'll, you'll see them at a race. It's like pretty much guaranteed. So we, you know, it was kind of like we got the gym, you know, and how do you
1: really advertise, right? I mean, how do you, number one, like we have this great community and, and you want to, There, I think a lot of people, you know, in, in in a lot of different gyms, CrossFit, stuff like that, like you can definitely, you know, take a, a, a bit of a, um, you know, some kind of advice from like the CrossFit community, how they build these, these communities where people really want to show up, you know, that night you don't want to work out that night. You don't want to, whatever, you know, like people expect you to see there, you know, see at the place. So it's like, you know, it gets you to go to the gym and we definitely had that kind of community there. And we could tell that already at races and stuff like that, we were making a bit of a presence and um, it, it just kind of came to me one day where I'm like, you know, I mean, you could see there was these different teams out there and stuff. And, and I, I, I didn't put a ton of thought into the name, to be honest. Like I thought like I originally every time that, you know, people would see us or they would know that I came up with the name Flatliners. They assumed I somehow saw that movie or loved that movie. I've never seen the movie. I don't know the Flatliners movie. I I know loosely what it's about. Um it more came off the fact that my last name is Hart albeit spelled just, you know, H-A-R-T, but, you know, so that's a nice little, that's, that's, a, that's a nice little in when you're in the fitness community, when, you're, when your name is already heart It's like, hey, that kind of works. I mean, the, the business was called Heart Fitness. So, well, how do you, you know, what do you put it in there that sounds kind of like, you know, that has to do with the heart in some way? So I thought, well, Flatliners, but I didn't want to make it sound like we were trying to kill people, right? It's like, well, that sounds kind of morbid, right? You guys are the Flatliners? Um, so we came with the whole slogan that that is failure that is dead on arrival. So our whole thing was that mm. no matter what it was you were doing, right, You whether you're the, you know, top elite athlete, um, you know, top age group athlete, somebody highly competitive, highly invested into it, or you are that person that's just kind of getting started coming off the couch, whatever that next obstacle is, and this was all, you know, I mean, this, you know, OCR to a lot of, you know in a lot of ways is kind of a microcosm of life right I and mean, it's kind of personified on the course yeah it, it's like you can overcome that and and it could be for one person it could be that podium you know it, it could be that pr but for the next person it might just be getting over the the six foot wall um it, it might just be getting over the the fear of the dunk wall which personally i had like i'm not a swimmer and i remember the first couple times i we went to that dunk wall and, you know, now I'll just fly right underneath it and come out on the other side of it. But the first couple of times I'm like, I don't like this. You know what I mean? And it's like, this is a big deal. Like, and, and if people can take that, you know, once you approach that, once you arrive at that obstacle, right, like. It's you've already you've already made it farther than you thought you were gonna make it because you already didn't think you were gonna be there. You probably already thought maybe you wouldn't do the race that morning when you got those race nerves. Then you got to the race and already kind of thought, well, I'm not gonna even approach this obstacle when I get to this obstacle. Then you're standing in front of that. You've conquered failure numerous times already. So what's one more time? And and that's kind of what the whole slogan was. So when we put those two together, it's like, okay, this flatliners thing could really work. Um, And it did. Like it did. Like it's just it's that that, you know, Legendborn designed us a a great jersey that, you know, kind of um, just had this pulsing, you know, kind of heartbeat, just, you know, really like stood out in pictures and stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was there was a little bit of confusion sometimes because the gym was called heart fitness. The team was Flatliners, and sometimes even people didn't know what team to sign up for. I, like people would say, Hey, you guys only have, you know, uh, 20 people to race. You guys usually have 40. It's like, and they'd look and be like, Oh, I see half the team signed up for Hard fit. You know, the other
0: half team signed up for Flatliners." Like it <laughs> was always an issue. It's like, it's the same team. Um, you I, know. I, think, I think the branding's awesome. I love it. I think it's super creative. I did not think of the movie when you mentioned it. I, I mean, I, I assumed it was linked to your last name. So I think it's, to me, that's spot on. I think it's, it's great, and the the jerseys awesome. do look amazing. They do pop, uh, the you know the black and uh, red and kind of grayish uh, colors there. Yeah, I'll yeah, love it. pretty basic, but it works. I love it. So take me. Um, so you start you start building this uh, great community. I know I I was actually looking at coming up to one of your events, one of your twenty four hour events you did. I think it was like twenty nineteen or something, mm-hmm. and uh, I had it like penciled into my calendar, and I I can't remember why I ended up crossing it off. I think it was. I didn't want to mess up a Toughest Motor or something. I, either I had a Toughest Motor right before or right after. I can't remember exactly. But never never quite ended up making the trip up there. It's a bit of a drive. I think it's about eight hours uh, from where I'm at. Um, and then uh, so things seem to be going well. Take me to 2020 and COVID. So, you know, we've got uh...
1: – we're moving along well. when I say well, you know, in the OCR terms, right, which is for most gyms that really dedicate themselves mostly to OCR, if your head is above the water, you're doing good. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're not – it's still not a very popular sport. The Midwest is, is one of the worst places for it, unfortunately. And we have some ex- extremely dedicated people. I mean, again, like you say, when you, you, know, you show up to any Midwest race, you're going to see us. The team travels well. Uh, we hit up OCR Worlds very deep. We 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 have athletes that have, you know, will go from everywhere to, to Greece, to California. They're in ta- I mean, team travels well the whole thing. And, and sometimes it unfortunately, because of that, it looks like we're doing better financially than we actually are. You know what I mean? Because there's just so much invested in it. And I, I don't – we're not like – it, it's hard to even put out the prices for what you should charge people because what are you competing against? Like, there's no market for it. It's like you are the only market for it so that you can look at yourself like a boutique or something and charge, you know, this crazy amount of money for it. You can look at it like, look, man, like this is what people want to do. This is all they've got. So, you know, and, and when you run it like that, I've always said, I, I really always run the, the business more like a team than a business. And and that's gotten me, in some ways, it's got – it's had some great repercussions because anytime the gym gets in a jam, people come through. They come through in ways that there's just no other way that any other – that anybody would come through like this for anybody else. Like, mm-hmm. it is humbling every single time.
0: COVID was one of those years. Um, you know uh, – One question before we – sorry. I thought of another. Yep. Did, did you run kids' classes too or just adults?
1: So we did mostly adult classes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, mostly adult classes. We got linked up with a a, a few schools. One middle school in particular um, that was interested in um, that actually ran one of our events um, that or that ran a kids event that did really well. Um, and we got sponsorship with them, put the banner up in their gymnasium. The whole thing. Problem was that was October of 2019. And uh, 2020, okay. all schools got shut down or shut down. And then after that, like, they're just, they, there was no interest in it again. Um,
0: yeah. Cause I've heard, so, I've heard with, uh, with ninja gyms, obstacle course racing gyms, and then, and martial arts gyms, like, the kids end up funding a lot of the, like, keep the, keeping the lights on essentially because you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of kids, there's a lot of parents that want their kids doing activities, you know, and then they just, uh, they make them up the majority yep. of the actual income. Yep, yeah, no, I, and I hear that all
1: the time. You're, 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 you're on. You hit the nail on the head for sure. We hear that all the time. I mean, any kind of ninja gyms that are in the area, stuff like that. That's the same type of stuff that that you know we hear. Um, it, it's I, 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 think part of it is kind of being a one man show. I mean, I've got one of the coach, John Caluzzi. He's a fantastic athlete, fantastic coach. But we both also have other training we do outside of the gym so as far as the time we can dedicate to that place and 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 part of it too is the fact that every single workout that we do at the gym is written like we almost never repeat a workout like everything is Besides the simulations was kind of run on a, on a monthly basis, we'll have three different versions and run it throughout the month. Um, everything else, I mean, it was just constant programming workouts, constant whatever. And, and, and it would almost it would be one of those things where we would have to bring somebody in to even do that. Uh, we do have kids come in um, and do, like, some open gyms, things like that. They'll kind of schedule it privately, like, with their parents, stuff like that. Um, the gym, unfortunately, too, is a bit too adult-oriented in even some of the obstacles. Like our traverse wall is almost impossible for somebody who's not at least four feet to grab. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah, like, they're built it, for adults, adult sizes. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and 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 we just don't have enough flexibility. Like it's still a like so you know twenty twenty comes. We've got the two gyms, and you know there's kind of you know when it rains it pours, right? Not only is does the, the business itself, like we have to step back. We've got, um, the, the other job that I have, which is also in fitness. I, I've got a, uh, there's an engineering, uh, forensic engineering company that is about 20 minutes from the gym that hired me about 10 years ago to be their on site, like corporate personal trainer or fitness trainer. Phenomenal gig, phenomenal people. And in a lot of ways it helps keep the gym open. Well, they had to shut down for COVID, and I get paid there pretty much like a vendor. So I, if I'm not working, I don't get paid. So that's a huge chunk of income gone. The cool thing was everybody at the gym, even when we were shut down, kept their memberships going, knowing they didn't want to lose the place. So even though I lost all that money, they kept it going, even with that, um, you know, you still are. You're taking a big hit on income. Had some personal stuff going on at the time too. Where I mean, it, it ended up that I ended up living in the gym for about six months, um, mm-hmm. just trying to get my life together. And we had the in the gym I was living in was the gym that we ended up having to close down. It's so the first gym that I got. Uh, the very original gym um, was the one we ended up closing down. The one a couple driveways down is the one that we kept. And at first, it looked like it was going to be disaster right we're like you know this is really cutting in half kind of what we're doing um the cool thing was i had aaron and dana from I, i mean i cannot say enough nice about about these people like what they've been able to do the the, the couple from race Ready the obstacles they basically rebuilt our gym in a way that we don't really miss the other gym that much and then we got this we we kind of this just chance thing happened where my landlord he was moving his uh, 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 landscaping company, uh, he was selling that. And behind our facility, there's a, a huge, well, not huge, but, it, but there's about a quarter-mile trail there. So a relatively technical trail, goes around a pond. He owned that, and he used all that for storing a lot of his equipment for uh, his landscaping company. Well, when he knew that we lost you know, the other gym, he goes, well, you guys do have your workouts outside anyway. He goes, can you guys utilize this trail? And we're like, I mean, could we ever? Like, that's? we need more of that trail. We need this gym. So he ended up giving that to us. So we ended up picking that up. So we lost the gym. We got a, we got a trail behind the gym, which we're able to put the rope climb on there. We got walls out there. We're going to get a rig built on there this year. The tire flips are out there, sandbag carries, bucket carries, and, and it's this pond that tends to overflow when it rains a lot. So you tend to get waist-deep water out there. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a race all the way. Like, people are coming in. They're, they're getting on to, you know, the obstacles in the gym with mud on them and soaking wet and stuff like that. It's like, okay, man, like, this is what we needed. Like, this is – you can't simulate an obstacle course better than this, right? Um, so, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a tough situation. Um, but again, we had the, we had the right people. I knew gyms that were probably doing financially better than we were that, that ended up closing because they were a bit more financially invested into it. And, you know, looking at the numbers, every indication showed that we should have shut down. Um, but I, I just couldn't do it. I mean, it, for me, it, if, if, you know, as much as I do this for, you know, for the team, for everybody else. And again, if I run it like a business, I shut it down. But yeah. I just I looked at him thinking, what what are we gonna do? And and then this is like such a big part of me. I'm like, I if I lose this, what am I doing? And so, no, we. I mean, and and people just kept going. And I mean, it it's it. I can't say that we have recovered from that year. Um, but we definitely, um, you know, I mean, we're still going strong. I, I, again, it's like you see us at all the races. You see us at wherever, and, and it, it it's we're still killing it. Um, so as long as this team continues to kill it continues to show up for me, it's like it's very hard for me not to show up for them
0: the fact that you're still here says a lot. I mean, there was a t- so many gyms. I watched so many gyms and friends that own gyms like close over covid you know it's just just brutal, so yeah, the fact that you're still here, I think says a lot uh and it says a lot about one, the community you've built and two kind of your passion for o c r so um it's good, good to hear, good to see all right, so take us through you know. If people are listening, they're like, "Oh, this sounds like a great community. This sounds like some cool events you have going on." Take us through kind of what events you have coming up in twenty twenty three, and kind of what your current plans are and state of the gym, uh, looking forward into the future. So
1: we got uh, we we've we had one event we've always done called the D- DOA event. You know, um, you know, the, the whole failure is done and arrivals so DOA event. It's kind of evolved over the years. It, it's it's evolved pretty well into the fact that now it's a whole weekend so we have a series over the course of the the year that actually is an ocr world championship qualifying um uh series for the pro division of ocr worlds it would have been for the age group as well i got it um i got the the uh the qualification uh, approved from rachel ann uh in 2019 Um, And then 2020 happened. And then, of course, then age group uh, requirements for OCR Worlds were, you know, were negated. So that hasn't helped. And that, I think, would have helped Jim a whole lot more on the pro thing um we got tons of athletes that'll i mean that'll pretty much every athlete we got is going to go to our worlds and come out with their band on um but they're not going to run down ryan atkins you know and things like that so it's yeah. like that's you know what it means so it's like yeah they they do they belong in the parole wave absolutely when it comes to obstacles and are they holding their own and, and putting up a an impressive time absolutely are they gonna hit the podium probably not so Again, the age group thing probably does do better for us than that. Haven't been able to utilize it just yet. But the cool thing is um, we usually start that series in April or May. I think we're going to shoot more April this year. We have three different versions of the races where we've come up with over the years. So a lot of the times over the week, we have just simulations. They don't count for anything. But sometimes – certain events over the over the course of 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 the months leading up to the doa event which we have not yet set a date for this year but will most likely be sometime late august um there is what we call the pulse so the pulse is very spartan style um quick one i don't want to say one dimensional but quick obstacles right so You know, a rig no harder than you would see at Spartan Race. Could be rings, could be rings with a lateral bar, could be rings with maybe, you know, two or three vertical grips on the end, but no nunchucks, stuff like that. It would be some kind of a rope, something like that. Very much what you would see the Spartan Race. Um, Rope climbs, there will be carries in there, stuff like that. So very, very straightforward and fast. Um, We have qualifying times for that and a whole point series, whole leaderboard for that entire thing. We have one called the Hybrid. The hybrid is essentially taking the the the, the newest you know uh, kind of craze and something that the our gym very well, the Deca High Rocks thing, and mixing that into more of a Savage Race style thing. So now you know the burpees are gone, things like that. Uh, the one attempt on at an obstacle is gone. Now it's multiple attempts. We give athletes two bands, and they will uh, each one of those bands is worth ten points apiece. Um, so obviously, it, it you know you have to finish fast, but finish with both your bands and. You mix that in with, you know, 500-meter skiers and 500-meter rowers and and maybe Ram Burpees and a tank push-pull and all this stuff inside of that thing. Again, another qualifying time that you have to get to qualify for the DOA event. And then we have one called the Legion, and the Legion is just where we just – we pretty much take the whole gym, connect together. It's just a grip, you know, uh, crusher. I mean, it is – it's cargo nets into Twister, into Kraken, into a a 40-foot rig – um, and there could be six, seven miles of running in that. That is the one that we can utilize for the OCR World's, uh, uh, World Championship qualifier. So we can qualify up to six athletes, three, three men and three women, the top three men on our leaderboard and the top three women on our leaderboard qualify for OCR World Championships uh, Pro Division. Um, so those everyone who qualifies for that can do the DOA event in whichever they qualify for or all three if they want. Um and then we have open divisions in that as well for people that just want to do um the you know one of those divisions just just for fun um the labor day is is probably one of our most popular events it's a six hour endurance event uh just seems to have a great turnout every year. The first two hours of the labor day event we do um a it's an easier rig, so it could be more of a Spartan, you know, style rig, something like that. Um, next two hours, we upgrade the rig again. And, again, with this is, you know, you're talking each each lap they run is probably three to five miles. So they're doing this, and continuously, and every time we hit the next two-hour mark, we just upgrade the rig. It's mixed in. We have everything else out there from the carries to the rope climbs to um, Valkyrie. Um, Olympus and, and, and again it's mixing all of our obstacles in with carries with all that stuff but the rig kind of becomes a determining factor of like you'll see a lot of times that, that our real fast runners will get to that rig first when it switches over on hour four it goes to the hardest rig for the last two hours and we've seen a lot of lead changes over the years um, because the fastest runner wasn't always maybe the best uh, obstacle racer so they would end, especially in the women's division. We see this a lot where our women, because we've got really good women when it comes to obstacles, like they're really good. Um, and sometimes they may get run down by some of the faster runners, but the the, the stuff they see in a regular base of these classes, like they, they kind of get unimpressed a little bit when they go to some of the races and like, we'll set some things up that are pretty crazy and they'll get it and they'll get ahead. Um, that's always a fun one. Um, so, then the Fourth of July has always been an endurance event. Started off as a 12-hour event years ago. Um, we changed it to a 4 by 4 by 48. So we kind of we we're we we're doing a little, the David Goggins 4 by 4 by 48 challenge. Um, do you know what that is?
0: I do. Well, you run uh, four miles every four hours for 48 hours, right? Right. So yeah. we thought, well, wouldn't that be cool if we
1: just mixed in obstacles with that? Like we'll just. Do oh, that's obstacle.
0: good. That is good.
1: And it was cool. But it was such a commitment to people. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely, I don't know if yeah. everybody, you know, right. You know, husband, wife, somebody might get a little mad. if, like, hey, I'm going to for 48 hours, you know, because <laughs> I'm doing this thing, right? So, you know, it was, it was a fun event. People had fun with it. We, we only required, like, if you were going to go for the podium, you had to, it was kind of a last man standing thing. And nobody ever made the full 48 hours. Um, I think we had people go up to 32 hours before. Um, we had people, if they wanted the medal, they had to do at least three of them in a row. And you would see the majority of the day would be like that 6 a.m. time slot and then at the, and then like 6 a.m., 10 a.m., uh, 2 p.m. Like they would come and do those three and then it would be gone. So we actually have a poll on the page, on our private page right now, the team page, asking about what they want to do this year. And I think this year we're going to go into a team element that's going to mix in our our hybrid athletes, so our DECA high rocks people, in with our OCR athletes, and they're going to work in conjunction um, to in kind of a tournament fashion. So, this is going to be real fun. We're still ironing out the details of it, but it's kind of a tag team type thing like team runs together, comes in, tags the first OCR athlete in. They have an OCR, you know, responsibility, a rig, something like that. They tag the next DECA person. DECA person now has to do 60 wall ball shots. And obviously, they can tag in their partner every time they need a break. They go back and forth, goes back to the OCR person. They hit an obstacle, tags back in the DECA. So, I mean, something along those lines because the DECA – we're a DECA affiliate now. Um, It's done incredible for us. I mean, it's one of the smartest things Spartan has ever done. They gave it to the right guy. Yancey is – I mean, he just – he knows what he's doing, and he's done phenomenal with it. And he's done it with, you know, not the biggest – Amount of resources or team or anything, um, they kind of got into a situation like like you know most of the gyms did in COVID. The first ever DecaFit event was canceled because of COVID, and they're kind of thinking, well, "What do we do?" Right? Like this is our thing, but they also know there's gyms out there that are struggling, so they have the brilliant idea of saying, well, "We can promote our product while still helping the gyms." if we develop two more things that, that the gyms can run inside, we can make them affiliates and they can run these two things in their gym. And then of course, you know, Spartan loves is a good trifecta. So it'll be a trifecta piece, right? It's like it, they're marketing all the way when it comes to trifecta. So you come to the gyms, you do the deck is strong, you do the deck a mile, and then they run the deck of fit. Nice, And it's been phenomenal. And And I knew there was a lot of people at our gym that, They love the community of OCR. They love the intensity of it. Whatever the case may be, right? Skill wise, they weren't ever going to. There's just going to be some obstacles that they were just always going to kind of struggle with and things. They had the strength. They had the engine. They had the passion. They had all of that. And and when the DECA thing came out, there was a few of our 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 people I looked at. I said, "Look, this is for you." Like I'm, you know, I'm not saying stop doing OCR but like this is your wheelhouse and uh, they listened and, and they have all done phenomenal at this. So it's a great way to kind of bridge. I mean, we're all kind of one big community anyway, but yeah. it's a great way for us to kind of bridge the two together on one day where they all have to work together and like, you know, kind of fight for each other. So um, that's going to be the 4th of July.
0: Gotcha. And where can people find out what's the easiest place to find information about these events is a Facebook website, yeah, yeah, you know,
1: we do most so we actually we in in cutting back on expenses
0: uh for this year,
1: we actually got rid of the website because what we noticed by analytics, everybody was going to just the scheduling page. So we have uh if you go to Google, just Google flatline uh OCR or Hard Fit Hybrid OCRX, and you will see on there the link to our, our uh our our bio site, so our link in bio that has all of our information on it. Uh we pretty much use it now like our website. Outside of that, you definitely want to follow us on uh Instagram uh at Heartfit Hybrid O C R X. Um that is where we do most of the advertising things like that. kicks over to the Facebook page of the same name. Um we do have a private team page, that one we keep just for the people in the gym, the people on the team, but anything that the public would need to know about signing up for our events, what the events are about, any of that kind of stuff like that, um, that bio site or the um, you know Googling us and, 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 and linking to that bio site or going to Instagram um, are going to be the two best ways to do it.
0: Nice, nice, good stuff, good stuff there. Um, and then give, give a reminder of where exactly is your gym located? What- I know it's near Chicago. What's the actual town? So we're in
1: Plainfield,
0: Illinois. Yeah, just outside of Naperville. Some people might know Naperville a
1: little bit better than they know a uh, uh, Plainfield. We are literally just on the other side of the train tracks from from Naperville. Um, so uh, unincorporated area. Um, we are a you know kind of tucked away again in the back, um, which like, like I said, it doesn't work for for all things, um, but. Usually when people are coming to us, they already know where they're going and why they're going there. Um, So, you know, you don't get a whole lot of walk in traffic, but uh, most people who walk in at this point don't wouldn't know exactly where they were walking into anyway. Um, We're really trying to hope. I mean, that's part of the mission, right? If we, we want people to know what OCR is like, it, it would just be great if it was more of a mainstream thing. And if even, I mean, I think even us, us as athletes, don't even know how to define it sometimes because depending on which brand you're talking about, you could be talking about a whole different thing. And while that's great for variety, it's part of the problem sometimes because no one really knows what OCR is because sometimes I don't think OCR really knows what it is.
0: Yeah, no, that's that that's that's accurate. I get, and you mentioned at the beginning people saying CrossFit. I I still get called CrossFitter or Advent, oh, you're the CrossFit guy. I'm like, no, definitely yeah. not. Oh, uh, you're the uh, you're the adventure racer. Nope, still wrong sport, guy. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty common. How far are you guys from where Frontline holds their events? So we're about uh, two hours from Frontline. Yeah, they're up in Byron, so they're they're okay. up more north
1: than we are. Um, now, Ed, who is the Ed Leon who is the the uh, the founder of that race. He lives, he's in Naperville. So, I mean, he's right by us. His his F3 group is always working out around the area. Ed's been to the gym uh, countless times. Uh, We've always had a great relationship with him. Um, Love his race. Frontline is is a race that personally our team always seems to do really well at because it it is the one race, especially locally, that does come down to the obstacles, and, and that's where the team tends to shine.
0: Yeah, I mean, your uh, Chris, one of your guys, bumped me from third to fourth. Uh, the one time I made it up the front line, and it was be- so, and it was because it was because of the that Kraken obstacle, which I had never done before. Yep. And he, he and, had done it in your gym a hundred times, and he he flew through yep. it every lap, and uh, I got stuck there on lap three. Eventually so made I don't it so
1: I didn't have to tell you you told me because I saw him just earlier tonight and he told me he goes Oh you can talk to Evan He goes well you can remind him that I bumped him from yet so you Yeah you no just he just told me he remember he remembers so Yeah I'm no he deserved, he deserved it. He
0: deserved it. I got stuck. I got stuck. It's very rare I get stuck on things anymore. Um so it was uh you know a good reminder and uh yep. yeah it was just like I was like, I'm never gonna get across this thing. I was like, I'm, I'm about to time out, and I made it across with I think uh, four minutes left or something to yep. start my final lap, and then uh, yep. he was too far gone by that point. So. That
1: thing is, and I, the first that that is a huge benefit to
0: have that in a gym. Like the
1: minute the first year they had that, I struggled on it. I don't the obstacles are usually my game, and I, I, I struggled on that thing, and I'm like, we gotta get this in the gym. So Aaron and Dana from Race Ready made us one. And it's amazing at that race how many times that we have won that race or got ahead because of Kraken because our athletes now know it like the back of the – it's something – it does pay to see it on a regular basis. It really does.
0: And if you don't know what we're talking about, so uh, Kraken is essentially – it's like Twister, but instead of handholds, there's nunchucks sticking out of it. So it's a tube, and it's got nunchucks going around in a spiral, and you basically grab, and as you traverse, the thing is rotating. So it's a yep. it's a, it's a little bit awkward. I think I went through like um, face first the first time, which was so yeah. My body's twisting, which is not the right answer, right? And yep. eventually, I figured out I basically go sideways, just like I do every other obstacle, and it was a lot easier for me. But yep, it took it took yep. me. You kind of lock out, like yeah, it took me a bunch of failures to figure that out. Oh, it does.
1: It does. Yeah. You got to kind of, I mean, for, I think I kind of lock out on it, kind of get my legs up a little bit. Like I don't let it twist me away. Like I, I, I I make it come to me and that's what you got to do. The problem is when you go into it, you've seen twister so many times you think it's going to be like that. And you realize it's actually clocked in the opposite direction, which Mm -hmm. does feel weird once you start doing it. And you can't go backwards on that thing the way that a lot of people do on twisters. You sit there like, I don't know what to do with this thing.
0: Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. All right. Um, Any, let's see what else, anything else we want to touch on before we start wrapping things up? I I, I was just looking over your, side note, I was just looking over some of the information you sent me about, and uh, you said you won the Dirt Runner Midwest Mayhem 24-hour race in 2018. Yeah, that was, that was the, I I did it in 2017, so. Yep. Yeah, uh, that's
1: what I said. I said, well, you weren't there, so (laughs) I got a chance to win.
0: I said, I got, uh,
1: I think we had twelve people or something in that in that twelve hour that oh, that twenty four hour heat.
0: Um I it, had it was small year I did it too. It was probably about the same size and it was uh just so hot that day. I remember it was just brutally hot. Yeah,
1: ours wasn't too hot. It got a little cool at night. Um, you know, but I just I, I always cause I, I have not done a tough mudder. And I always wondered how that Compared to a tough motor, because I I know from what I hear, a lot of times some of the tough motor courses can be a little bit flatter. I just remember, like TK, I mean, th- that guy's course. I mean, I it's just, I was I ended up getting fifty four miles in that thing, and I I swear thirty of it must have been through trenches because it's, it's like oh. the whole race was nothing. Like, there was single a track trench. Run. Yeah, it's right it's, single, single track tr- trench.
0: Yeah, it it is it is rough. You know I. TK's races so like the uh, if anyone's read my book Ultra OCR Man, I talk about the twenty seventeen race in there. And it's also covered in OCR America One when I was day set six of my uh seven day event. But yeah, it is what's funny is like the obstacles by themselves, you're like, Oh, this isn't really a bad obstacle. Right. But there's so many and when you add them up lap after lap, like I mean, I would be cramping on like going over like a wall or something really simple. Yeah. So it was well, yeah, just a lot of walls. Uh it was just it was a lot when you added it together. Like a single lap, you're like, oh, that wasn't too bad. You know, it was fun. Right. I, and then you do like three laps, and you're like, what? Why is my arm cramping, climbing over yep. this simple obstacle? It was – and then yep. The, yep. you had like three carries through a field, so you're doing like carries back-to-back for like, I don't know, a half mile or miles. So I don't know what, what it was. Uh,
1: even longer, yeah, it just kept going. I mean, that was like the one open spot. The sun's beating down, and you're carrying stuff. And then, yeah, with the obstacles, like I remember the year that I did it, um, I actually had um, – so, you know, they'll send out different messages. And, and, you know, TK was great. Loved that course. Missed it like crazy. Didn't always have a ton of volunteers, which we know is an issue for the sport sometimes anyway. Right, but, like, yeah. man, like, there was sometimes you just didn't get information you needed to get. Like, apparently we were supposed to stop going over walls at, at 9 p.m. <laughs> well, I didn't get that memo until about 3 a.m. It was like 3 a.m. And someone heard me like groaning as I'm going over a wall. And, and they like went to go tell TK, like, I think Ryan's still out there going over the <laughs> walls. And he comes up. And he's like, Ryan, why are you still going over the walls? I'm like, because they're there. He goes, no, 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 no walls since 9 p.m. Like, it's 3 a.m., man. Like, my shoulders are killing me. Like, I would have loved to have got that memo a lot earlier,
0: man, because I'm dying here. Yeah. That 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 sounds completely. I, I feel like that that describes the experience to a T. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's funny. Yeah. Yep. Um. When I so when I I'm gonna joke, when I did that one for uh, OCR America, I was the only one on the course, and I was eating so many spider webs. Every tunnel I went through, there was like frogs jumping around in there. Oh God. Yeah. Because no no one else on the course to scare anything away, so it's literally right. me like yep. clearing the path. It was. Yep. It, it it gets deep into the woods, you know, and some of those tunnels were super full of water. Oh, they
1: like, were insane. I mean, if you're claustrophobic, forget about it. And, you know, and that was the thing. And I knew TK had cameras out there too. So you're running in the forest thinking, okay, look, man, I'm on the outer system anyway, so I'm not going to skip anything. But if I did, I couldn't because I know he's got cameras out here. And he did. There's oh, did really? I never knew that? That's funny. Oh yeah, there's a picture of me just as I crawled out of the tunnel that I still have to this day because I'm like, I knew, you know, he knew he had t- he had cameras out there. And um yeah, I think there was a lap I was running. I came in and uh I had uh my pit crew got smaller every lap I came back. I'm like, everybody's going home. Like, okay, and then like, you know, one guy was left and he's like, Look, he goes, you know, you gotta you gotta keep going, gotta keep going. Um, you know, you kind of get a little woozy and stuff at this point, whatever, right ahead, you know, at this point, point forty something miles and whatever, like you're feeling pretty good. But he goes, no, he goes, you're in first. He goes, and you got it. He goes, the guy over there, he goes, he, he's, he's going crazy, man. He's like, I think he's hallucinating. He's saying he saw a bobcat out there. I'm like, there ain't no freaking bobcat out there i swear to god the next lap i go out there i'm going over the sternum checkers which at that point i apparently was not supposed to be going over anymore because the wall thing was out and sure enough my headlamp just catches these eyes and i'm looking i'm like that's a bobcat and sure enough he, he was running the other way but i'm like i can see him clear as day and i'm like headline is you know so i come back out after i finish that lap i go up to my my guy the pit crew um, and I say, Hey man, I said, he ain't lying, man. There was a Bobcat out there. I mean, it was like one of the first things I did when I got home that day is I like went to go check like the, you know, the, whatever the geographic, where are Bobcats? Right? And it was like, right line. They're like, Oh yeah, that was, that was a Bobcat. Like something. It was crazy. So yeah, I mean, you, and you were alone in that force most of the time because so few people did the race Correct. You're just out there. Like, right.
0: this is why he told me
1: to bring in nice.
0: <laughs> it. Yeah, like Dirt Runner and Shell Hell or Shell Hill up in Vermont. Like those those give you like the real ultra experience. I thought your world's toughest mudder, there's you you can almost always see someone, even on like even when it's super cold, you can still see someone in the distance, even in the middle of the night. But like Dirt Runner, I mean you were you were by yourself. And like, like you said that there's no volunteers. It's on the honor system, so you're out there and you're like I really hope I don't die.
1: There's nobody <laughs> out there. Adventure. No one's gonna find me.
0: Yeah. So yeah, good times. Yeah. I also got. Yeah. I, I that was the that was the event where I had a um, a raccoon in the middle of the daytime, like on the trail, like hissing at me. And my oh, my man. my the my, the best man for my wedding, who was pacing me for OCR America day, day seven of oh, six on that one. He fought it off with, like, this 12-inch stick. And I'm like, I'm, like, too weak to run away. I'm, like, you need to get rid of this thing. I was, like, I can't. Right. I was, like, if it lunches at me, it's over. Like, I, I can't run anymore. Um,
1: Handle this, please. Yeah, this yeah. is not on me. Yeah, you don't want to run into one of those out there. I was always afraid I was going
0: to run into one of those in one of those
1: tunnels. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because then it's, like, what are you going to do? It's, like, yeah, it mean, was the one thing, like, get through this tunnel as fast as you can. Because, man, if something else comes from the other side – you know you're you're stuck so that's crazy all
0: right that now that we scared people off of of uh small races that are endurance races right yeah not that Not that i don't even know of anyone like i I couldn't even find that an experience like that now i would have trouble finding an experience like that in the u.s um nope unfortunately most of those are most of those brands are gone yeah, it
1: sucks, man. It really does. It, it's just people that never got to experience that place. It's so hard to explain to them. Like, I'm so glad I have that story. Uh, it's still with you know any Spartan Ultra I've done and stuff like that. The big ones had some great experiences. You know, Tahoe and, and Killington and all that stuff. I mean, it really like some of the the the, the premier venues can't compare it, right? but there's just something special there was something so awesome that i it's still my favorite race is doing that 24 hour out there because it was it was you against you and like every lap you went out there like i just hope i make it back because like <laughs> you know like there's no one out there to help me if i don't so yeah it, it it was crazy
0: all right let's start wrapping things up uh before we get going any oh tell us something people would be surprised to know about you so all
1: right, so I, anybody who probably – so I'd say two things. So anybody who, who knows me wouldn't be this surprised. People who don't know me would be – they'd probably be like, you know, what the hell. They, they see the name in the back of the jersey, uh, Rodimus Ryan. So some people may know what that means. Some people may not. I am the biggest Transformer fan you could probably ever meet. I, I would challenge anybody to ask, you know, to, 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 to challenge me on that. Like, there's nobody nice. bigger. I'm literally sitting in an office right now. That is just, I'm surrounded by, by transformers and glass cases with like lighting on them. And it's like a museum in here, but it's like, it's like, but dude, they're toys. So like, yeah, I mean, most people like, again, if you know me, um, anybody in the gym, they know this, right. They've probably even seen it and like, you know, okay, cool. Like, Hey man, that's your thing. Whatever. Um, people that don't know me, um, would be shocked to know that I cannot swim. I uh, cannot swim, have not ever been able to swim. How I got through Killington, that race, doing that entire thing, that that, that huge swim up to the ladder, and the, 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 I did it, but I, I essentially floated like a leaf out to the ladder. I mean, when I got into the water, I remember looking at my Athlinks, I was seventh in my wave when I got to the water. When I got out, I was like 83rd because I was in there so long. I just put the life vest on floated out there just let the whatever current there was or whatever i i i had to look on the side of the 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 the, uh on the on the embankment there to to see the cameraman to like use that for reference to see if i was even moving because i could not i I was just on my back just hoping i was going to make it to one of the ladders so i could climb up the thing go across drop in the water hope my life vest didn't go over my head and then you know uh, pitifully float back to the shoreline um and then continue on to do it again later on so yeah i'd say those would be the two things
0: that's good the, the first one's really good you're in good company i am i, I although i'm not a big transformers guy i you know gi joe he-man all the 80s action all the like 80s cartoons stuff. Uh-huh. Which, i love that yep. i was me and my family went to comic-con this past weekend so uh yeah nice yeah. nice yeah. Very cool. Yeah. No, I, you know, G.I. Joe, He-Man, love all that stuff
1: too. Did ever got into collecting it, but, um, yeah, just a few days ago, I put on the first couple of G.I. Joe, um, uh, the first couple of episodes they ever had, because I don't remember those as much as I remember the Transformers. I was like, I remember the basic stuff, you know, Cobra Commander and all that stuff like that, but I don't remember specific. I mean, I could probably recite Transformers episodes. G.I. Joe knew it, probably can't notice, but, but I, it was always, I mean, it's freaking G.I. Joe, he's still gotta love it. Um, so yeah, I actually was you know, it was on a couple of days ago and I was like watching Duke and all that stuff. Like, oh yeah, I remember did this man. So yeah, cool. Yeah. The best eighties were the best.
0: Yeah. I always, so I've, I've, I've rewatched some of the GI Joe cartoons and I'm like, I saw, but now I look at them through like adult eyes. And I'm like, how, is oh, C- yeah. how is Cobra financing all their underground bases? Oh, it, like it's really <laughs> expensive. And like, if you're that it's rich, so hard, why man. are you even trying oh, to take over so the world? You're like. You already have, you, right? Like, you're already multi multi billion dollar corporation at this point. Like I think you guys are just right.
1: It, it's you know it's one of those things, right? Exactly. When you watch it with it, you know with the with the adult goggles on, you also realize that, and this has been proven now since, right? Like they pretty much admitted this, but that all the 80s was, all your cartoons you watched were just, they were just, you know, half hour toy commercials. It was just, hey, we're just going to create some kind of a story. So you just go buy this thing. I mean, don't pay attention to the
0: details. The He-Man toys were created first, and then they were like, we need a cartoon to go along with these toys. (laughs) Like, right. They they built, they built the toys, and then they're like, now we need a storyline. Yeah. Yep. yep. I've well, yeah, yeah, I watched some of the documentaries in. on Netflix. They're interesting. They're oh, adorable. very
1: cool. Right. And I think I think the He-Man thing, I think they were the ones that came in right when the Reagan administration lifted all of the rules about, you know, selling toys to kids like that. So they're like, oh, cool. We can do that now. We're going to create a cartoon. And yeah, they did that. So yeah, so good stuff.
0: What, what, do you, do you, what do you think of the actual live action movies? Do you like those or is that uh? Ugh. <laughs> um, I got,
1: I got to love hate with them, man. Like, okay. So the, when the, when the first one came out, you know, leading up to it, right. Like I know all the websites to go to and stuff like that. Right. Any, any, any transformer geek would. So I knew like already some of the problems it was going to have. Cause I'm like, that doesn't look like Optimus, That doesn't look like Megatron, but I'm like, okay, I got, you know, I've got to learn to accept this, right? Like they're coming to the big screen. It's live action. I always wanted this. Let's go with it. The first one I I can deal with and, and, and the movies brought them back. Like they're as popular now as they've ever been. And it's because of those movies. Yeah. But those movies have also been panned. They've been, I mean, I, I always looked at it like I was never a big Marvel guy, right? Like that wasn't really my thing, but I saw plenty of the movies and I appreciated them. I thought they were good and I could appreciate them without knowing a whole lot about it. And I would always sit there and think, you know, these are really quality movies, man why did Michael Bay have to direct my movies? Because he was <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't get the same kind of thing, man. Like, I, you know, my franchise deserves this kind of a treatment and he it just wasn't respected like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, they're entertaining, but they're not good.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I I, I thought the first one was good and then I, I think I saw one or two other ones and then at this point I'm like, how how many are there? I don't even know at this point. So the
1: the last one, Bumblebee, check it out. It it's good. It's a it's a is re it? it's a it's a reboot. And now they've got the new one coming out in June, which is a a sequel of that. I'm looking forward to that one again. I'll I'll go in there with you know, uh, you know, m- mitigated expectations. But I mean, like, uh, it's the last movie was good. It at least had the heart of it. Michael Bay was not directing it, so I mean, it was a much it in form. Um, it was good, and I, I got high, somewhat high hopes for the next one. But yeah, one through five—I mean, one was good, and then it—it it did. It just kind of got like—I don't know, man. Like, well, I felt it, like I was part of the problem because I kept paying money to go watch it. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I can't complain about it because they're like, "Hey, I'm part of the billion dollars this thing just made." So
0: you know, so it, it could be worse. So my favorite character and like from comics growing up was Green Lantern. So that's what that's what I got as an adult. I got the Green Lantern uh, movie with Ryan Reynolds. Which everyone yeah. hates. I, yeah. I was ha- I was happy just to see some of the characters in live action. So my, my opinion of it is biased. i not I don't think it's a great movie, but like I was like, Oh cool, they're actually on screen for once instead of in comic books, but uh, Right and that's kinda how I was, you know, yeah. with
1: the first movie especially, especially, you know, the, the same guy, Peter Cullen, had voiced Optimus Prime originally, voiced him in the movie, so it seemed pretty authentic and genuine. But yeah, I mean it was like I, I appreciate this, but like this isn't what I envisioned. You know, and just kind of one of those things. So, uh, you know, what are you going to do?
0: All right. We're going to get going now that we digressed into a fairly long nerd discussion. Uh, any final shout outs uh, you want to give before we get going?
1: No, you know, I just I really appreciate you bringing me on. Seriously, um, uh, the, the team, you know, we we hit, you know, again, this last week or so or last month or so. Um, you know, numbers were down. We hit another, you know, a couple of financial challenges. The team once again came through. I had to, for the first time ever, raise people's uh rates, which I've never done to this point. And, and people were telling me to do it, uh, which will show you the kind of team that we got, which is phenomenal. Um, But definitely, like, we're just looking forward to these Midwest races coming up. Strong as Oak has got a group that's about two miles away from us. Uh, they used to work in the gym with us uh, back in the day, group we're really close with. They've got we're the deck affiliate. They're a High Rocks affiliate. They've got a huge High Rocks thing coming up in uh, on April second, which is really cool. We got Highlander Assault coming up. We're getting ready for that. Their Dark Ages coming up in the middle of May. Frontline after that. Uh, team already did great at Abominable Race, and you know, just the, these these groups are really what kind of keep OCR going in this area. So like we're. Big time appreciative of them, and as I've mentioned a few times, Race Ready Obstacles, like we, they've basically built our gym, and now they're basically building a lot of these local races. Um, you know, without these groups, like this whole thing still is not going. So definitely shout out to all them.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to second a lot of that, and especially uh, Dana and Aaron from Race Ready Obstacles. Uh, they were a great supporter of us last year. They work on like all of the all of the, if you've heard of a small series, like chances are. Uh, race ready is like behind the scenes working on some of the stuff so they are Oh, they've
1: blown up yep it's so awesome
0: they're helping out anyone who uh is going to mythic race in mid april uh they're helping build that if uh we do need a couple more people on the strength and speed team if anyone's listening to this and is headed to mythic race wants to join the team for a day shoot me a message i'll get you added And then uh, other than that, you can head over to TeamStrengthSpeed.com. We just got large Blegmit Extremes back in. We've got a limited number. I think I've got seven left in stock. Uh, But, yeah, we have all sizes, small, medium, large, extreme, and lights. And then also my books, they're up there. Uh, Some training guides, Ultra OCR Bible, New Strength and Speed Guide to Elite obstacle Course Racing. And if you wanted more of the random dirt runner stories, you can pick up my biography, Ultra OCR Man. got some stories in there. Ryan, thanks again for coming on. For
1: sure. Thanks for having me, Evan. Really appreciate it, man.
0: It's great. I'm sure we'll uh, cross paths at some point this year, and make a couple trips up to the up north in your area at some point. So, uh, absolutely. Looking forward to seeing you, and uh, best wishes for you and your team. And we'll see you around. All right. Take care, my friend.